stand with me out of honor to God and His Word as I begin reading in verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And He said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Thank you. You may be be seated. There it is. By way of introduction, this event that we just read here occurred the first Easter evening. So the first Easter evening after Jesus was risen from the dead early Easter morning, this was that evening. Now, I will tell you this. In our family, nothing happens Easter evening. Nothing happens. Uh, We're too tired, first of all. And secondly, we're too full of ham and Easter candy. And so nothing happens on Easter evening. But what we see here is exactly what did happen that first Easter evening. Let's look at it, first of all, at the apprehension. The apprehension. Jesus appears to his disciples, and he speaks peace to them. Peace from their present turmoil. Peace and assurance concerning death. Peace with God? But how could he do this? I forgot to tell you, whenever I say he is risen, I want you to respond with he is risen indeed, all right? So how could he do this? How could he speak peace to them? He had just been crucified three days before. It's because he is risen. risen The disciples, though, they respond with fear. Look in verse 37. It says they were affrighted. They respond with fear. They are terrified. They are frightened. They think they see a ghost. Now, we talked about this maybe a couple months ago. There are no such things as ghosts. But guess what? That doesn't stop people from believing in them. Even 2,000 years ago, they believed in ghosts. And when Jesus appeared to them, they thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus questions their doubts. Look in verse 38. He says, why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? By the way, this is more compelling proof that Jesus rose from the dead. If this were just a made-up story, nobody would have ever written that in the Scriptures. They would never have written that and say, well, Jesus appeared to his disciples, but they didn't believe it was he. But this is more proof. This is a real story. And they didn't think it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. But guess what? It was Jesus because he is risen. risen That's weak. That's weak. They did not believe that Jesus was resurrected. I mean, think about it. The women had reported early, the early morning angelic messengers at the tomb. Peter had seen Jesus. Cleopas and another on the road to Emmaus have just reported that they saw Jesus. And Jesus was now standing in front of them because he is risen. risen What was the problem? Well, the problem was resurrection was only theology to them, not reality. Oh, Jesus had talked about being resurrected, and they had heard the story of the Old Testament prophets and so on, but resurrection was only theology to them, not reality. They had seen many crucifixions. No one ever survived crucifixion. They had witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. He didn't survive either. And so the fact that he's standing before them, that just didn't compute for them. But my friends, let me tell you, we must believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. If you call yourself a Christian, you must believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. If this is only theology to you, you need a dose of reality. He is risen. risen 
To be a Christian, you must believe the gospel. And the gospel is incomplete without the resurrection. The Apostle Paul gives us the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. And let me condense it for you. He says, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried for our sins. And he rose again the third day. That is the gospel. And my friends, to be a Christian, you must believe not part of the gospel. You must believe all the gospel. And my friends, he is risen. And so we see the apprehension that first Easter evening. But secondly, I want us to look at the demonstration. Jesus offers proof that he is the same Jesus that died. In fact, look in verse 39. He invites them to examine his body. He says, go ahead, handle my hands and my feet. It's me. He shows them his pierced hands and feet. He shows them his skin. He shows them his bones. They still don't believe. Why? Well, partially due to joy and amazement. I mean, they thought Jesus was gone. Now he's standing there in front of them, and they're so filled with joy and so filled with amazement, they don't know what to do. Their emotions were starting to churn here. But also their joy and amazement was clouding their thinking. So look what Jesus does down in verse 43. He eats food in front of them while they watch. He says, he says and he took it and ate it before them. The food goes down his esophagus into his stomach. The food does just fall on the floor. You know, if he were a ghost and he put that in there, it would just fall straight through, right? But it doesn't. It goes right in his stomach. Now, this may not have proven that he was Jesus, but it certainly proves he was Baptist, right? He was eating. Because he's risen. Still, though, they didn't recognize him. Even after he says, you look at my hands, look at my feet, watch me eat. They still didn't recognize him. Why? Well, maybe one reason was he was glorified. And so he probably appeared different in some ways. Jesus had a body that could do what spirits do. His body could appear and disappear. His body could pass through closed doors. And by the way, our new bodies will be like his. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 21 says we're going to have a, a glorious body just like his body. But I think the second reason they still didn't recognize him was they were blinded. They were blinded by logic. It's just not possible. When somebody is crucified and that person dies, they don't come back. It's just simple logic. They were blinded by logic. Secondly, they were blinded by fear. And thirdly, they were blinded by Satan. Satan now realizing he had been duped, he was working overtime. Jesus' resurrection without any believers would be meaningless and ineffective. If it was a proven fact that Jesus was resurrected, but nobody believed it, it'd be useless. And so Satan was working overtime to blind even the disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, by the way, Jesus offered many other proofs of his resurrection. We can read about that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days. He offered many more proofs of his resurrection. My friends, we are not to base our faith on facts, though there are many. We are to base our faith on faith. In fact, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we could base our faith on facts, but it's not necessary. We base our faith on faith. But let me give you a fact. He is risen. So we've seen the apprehension. They think they see a ghost. We see the demonstration. He says, touch my hand, touch my feet, watch me eat. Let's look thirdly at the instruction. 
Jesus reminds them in verse 44 that he had taught them from the scriptures. Let me read that. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. He says, I taught you guys from the scriptures. By the way, the word scripture is a New Testament term used to describe the Old Testament. And law, prophets, and psalms, that encompasses the entire Old Testament. But look in verse 45. Jesus then allows them to understand what he had taught them. It says, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Jesus explains once again what he came to do. Look in verse 46. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He reminds them of what he came to do. He came to suffer and rise again the third day. He is risen. He is risen and he used scripture. He used scripture. Notice what he says in verse 46. It is written. That's a reference to scripture, the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament was ultimately all about Jesus. Now look what he says here in John 5, 39. Search the scriptures... For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. I just realized you can't see any of this stuff. I'm, I'm looking at these beautiful slides up here. You can't see any of them. You guys can see them. You'll admit. I know what's wrong, but I'm not going to fix it. But anyway, Jesus says, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, he says. The Old Testament was ultimately all about him. It's been said the Bible is a hymn book, H-I-M, hymn book. It's all about him from cover to cover. Jesus is the cornerstone of the faith. And Jesus is the only way of salvation. He said of himself in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Notice, though, the importance of the scriptures to instruct and to remove doubt. These disciples here, they're full of doubt. They're full of fear. What does Jesus do? He shares with them the scriptures. Scripture is so important to instruct and remove doubt. Like 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If Satan was blinding them, scripture would enlighten them. My friends, I want to encourage you to read your Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. To increase your faith and to grow spiritually, read your Bible every day. Maybe you would make this commitment to read your Bible every day this Easter. Okay, you know what? I'm going to start today, and I'm going to read my Bible every day. And so we've seen the apprehension. They think they see a ghost. We see the demonstration. Jesus says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. Watch me eat. We see the instruction from the scriptures. And lastly, let's look at the commission. Jesus reminds the disciples of their responsibility. Look in verse 47. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. He says, here's your responsibility. I want you to preach and I want you to be my witnesses. They are to preach in Jesus' name. In other words, with his authority. They are to preach of Jesus' ability to inspire repentance from sin, to offer forgiveness of sin. And to whom are they to preach? To all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. They are not only to preach, they are to be witnesses. And guess what, my friends? Their commission is our commission. 
We are to provide a personal witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. Now, Jesus saves all kinds of people, but he does it in different ways. He brings us to the cross from different directions. The cross is the same for all of us, but he brings us there by different avenues. And so we are to provide a personal witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. And we are to tell others the good news about Jesus Christ. And what is that good news? He is risen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this time to celebrate that Jesus is alive. So we pray in his name.